Hey, and welcome to the Kid Therapist Podcast. This is Allie. And this is Lauren. We are two licensed mental health therapists practicing in Maryland who love helping kids and families to manage and overcome their mental health struggles. Our goal of this podcast is to educate, inspire, and provide some insight into what could be going on with your kids. Here we go. and welcome back to the Kid Therapist Podcast. We are so excited because we reached over 100 plays. Woohoo! I can't believe it in just over a week. Um, I think getting the iTunes authorization really helped a lot. Um, I know that's my favorite platform to listen to podcasts. So um, we were really excited um, by the support and um, just the listeners that we've um, found over the past uh, couple weeks. So yeah, we're, we're diving into episode three. We're um, going to be talking about what to do when your kid won't sleep, um, which is a really hot topic that we found when um, kids want to, or when the parents want the kids to enter therapy. It seems to be when something along the lines of either grades, um, after school activities drop off, or sleep is affected so that's a big one when um, we find when kids need to begin therapy yeah that one really affects you as a parent so we're gonna hopefully leave you with lots of tips and really practical strategies to help your child and you get a restful sleep and we're feeling a little extra fancy today we figured out our new microphone (laughs) so it's a great way to celebrate our hundred listeners yeah, this week. Yeah. So hopefully you can hear us a little bit more crystal clear where you're feeling like real professional podcasters now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's get to it. So you dream of sweetly tucking your child into bed, softly closing their door for the night, and finally having a moment to yourself as your child gently drifts off to sleep. However, We know that in many households, that's not always the way it goes down. Bedtime becomes a battle filled with tears, bargaining, yelling, exasperation and exhaustion, and so much fighting about all the things. Mm -hmm. This battle usually just doesn't affect the evening. Everyone's cranky, and the mood the next day is really low. Kids have difficulty concentrating, participating in activities at school, and they're even more likely to get sick. Sleep-deprived parents and children suffer, and we know that you, if you're listening to this and this is something that your family's going through, that you know these things. Mm-hmm. This is part of what you, your family's going through, but there are things like behavior problems, poor memory, difficulty following instructions, difficulty concentrating, and overall fatigue for everybody. And sleep issues can be so difficult because it's such a vicious cycle. Your child's not sleeping at night, which leads to behavioral issues and problems during the day. And then things happen during the day that fuel that fire. And the child has difficulty falling asleep, thinking about all the anxiety and problems that happened during that day. Yeah. That is a roller coaster that you want to get off of. So we were doing some research on to typically feel their best, how much sleep do kids need? So around six to eight-year-olds, they need about 11 hours of sleep. And these are all approximate. 
9 to 11-year-olds, about 10 hours of sleep, and 12 and older, around 9 hours of sleep. You know your kid. Some kids require more sleep, and the best way to gauge how much they need is to pay attention to how they act when they're awake. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the signs of sleep issues? Besides the nighttime battles and struggles that you're having, and we're sure that you're probably pretty familiar with these, but what do those look like? Yeah, so if there's some signs of some sleep issues going on, you might have a stubborn kid, a kid who's resistant to bedtime or avoidance, you know, they won't stop playing, or, um, oh, just one more episode of this show, Mm -hmm. or five more minutes, you know, we're all used to to hearing that um, when they don't want to get ready for bedtime. So a lot of restlessness, Um, they might be more clingy to you or to another family member in the evening or even a pet. I've I've seen that before Mm -hmm. where they all of a sudden want to play with the dog or the cat. Um, they might do some bargaining strategies. like One more glass of water, yeah. five more kisses. <laughs> yeah, please don't leave one more story, you know. And, and while that's wonderful and that's great that they want that connection and, and they want to spend that time, um, you know, obviously, as we just talked about, sleep is, is very important for the various age groups. Um, they might be seeking reassurance. So I know last week we talked about the monsters under the bed or checking the parts of the room or a sh- reassurance about different worries that may have happened during the day at school. Um, so that can be a sign that they might be having some sleep issues. And then obviously wandering into another's bedroom during the night. So a parent, a, a sibling, um, you know, we might notice that, you know, they're asking the parent if they can sleep with them multiple nights during the week. So definitely some signs to to look out for for sleep issues. And you know there's nothing scarier than opening your eyes to a child (laughs) staring deeply into your soul in the middle of the night. There's nothing that'll give you. Whoa, how'd you get in here? Nothing that'll make you feel a little bit more panicked than that. Yeah. So... We're going to talk a little bit about why do kids have trouble sleeping at night. That can be, you know, you're going through all of these different things we just talked about, like the bargaining and the seeking reassurance and the clingy and the tantrums. And you might just be racking your brain trying to figure out what is going on. Why is my child struggling with sleep? So one of the first things is nighttime fears. And... This can become an issue if they happen pretty frequently. Um, Your child is afraid of the closet doors being open and what might be lurking in the dark in there, what might be underneath of their bed. And there's some developmental factors to this. Um, Young children often have difficulty identifying between what's real and imaginary. So younger kids are often the ones that are the most scared of that tree making shadows on the Mm -hmm. wall or that pretend creature that might be lurking in their room or um, school-age children developmentally they are at a stage where they can kind of get stuck on that loop of more fearful thoughts the what ifs what if somebody what if something bad happens what if there's a fire at night Mm -hmm. what if and of course all of these you know you we don't want to minimize any of those experiences if your family has gone through any of them. Sure. Um, so but past trauma, those, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so those nighttime fears, they can definitely increase during times of stress. I know for a lot of kids right now, again, it's back to school season. Um, so they might be, they're 
imaginations might be kind of running wild or if they're older, they may be doing all the what ifs about the next day at school. So that can be a time that nighttime fears are more prevalent. Um, sometimes they're related to viewing frightening or aggressive media content. So just as a parent being aware of what your child is taking in, I know we're going to do a whole episode about helping your child safely navigate Mm -hmm. all the media that is accessible at their fingertips all the time now. Um, What are some other reasons that kids might have difficulty falling asleep at night? Yeah, so of course the anxiety. So last week we talked a lot about anxiety and how that can manifest. So um, most childhood anxiety disorders have a impact on healthy sleep and anxiety can also be heightened at night. Um, So research shows that 90% of childhood anxiety disorders cause a disruption of healthy sleep. Um, And it's a vicious cycle as we talked about. So anxiety, you know, causes the sleep issues and then the lack of sleep exacerbates the anxiety and then they feel fatigued or frustrated the next day. Um, And then they may worry the next day about how, you know, what their ability will be to be able to fall asleep. There also can be some separation, so seeking reassurance, you know, where where will you be, mommy or daddy? Um, what will you be doing? So especially if the kids are going to bed before you and your partner might be going to bed, they may be wondering, you know, what are you guys doing? What are you guys talking about? Um, I know that in some of the clients that I've worked with, also potential um, marital issues, you know, could be a, a anxiety source for kids. So maybe they hear their parents Um, having an argument or disagreement and then they may worry you know what's going on what are they fighting about is it about me you know kids really internalize a lot of these things so um, having open communication and conversations about um, you know what you're doing at an age-appropriate level I think Mm -hmm. is definitely important yeah and increased stress can contribute to sleep issues if there has been Allie was touching on um, marital conflicts in the home but also things like a a new move adjusting to a completely new environment Mm -hmm. Um, changes in the family are a big one Um, if parents are going through a separation or divorce if there's been a grief or loss in the family even adjusting to a hard time of sickness Mm -hmm. for the kid that can kind of throw off their rhythm and routine Of course, issues at school, um, whether that's anxieties about performance at school or issues with peers at school, even transitions home from vacation, disruptions in their routine can can definitely lead to some sleep disruptions. A big one that we see a lot of times with kids is activity overload as well. They are having a really hard time regulating and calming down their body after being on the go all day long, all day, all evening. And so having, building in some times of rest for your child and you um, so that they are not always on the go. I know personally for us, this actually came up in our family recently. We sadly lost our dog earlier this year and my elementary school daughter was having some increasing sleep issues and really having a difficult time settling at night, really feeling very fearful of us being in a different place in the house and um, being alone in her room and we weren't really sure what was going on and it took a little while to figure out why she had been comfortably sleeping in her own room for so many years and um, really 
really didn't present with any sleep issues and was pretty frantic at bedtime and it was exasperating and so I can completely relate and understand how difficult it is for that to be a part of your end of nighttime routine and we through lots of different avenues found out that remembered that our dog used to sleep with her and that was part of her grief process and she was feeling extra sad and fearful at night that she didn't have that companionship. So those changes in the family can definitely impact sleep. Yeah, and I'm really sorry that happened to your family. I've, you know, lost pets throughout my life and it never is an easy process. And especially um, for, you know, a kiddo, you know, that was sleeping with her dog, that was a big source of comfort for her. So I'm sure that was a a big adjustment and that was was. hard. Thanks, Allie. Yeah. So we're going to arm you guys with, we know how difficult this is. So we're going to Fill your toolbox up with lots of different strategies and ideas to try so that you have many to choose from and you'll figure out which ones might help your kid the most. So one can be, and this is kind of a foundational, really important one is to, if you don't have it already, to establish a a soothing bedtime routine. Consistency is key. The more that you can stick Mm -hmm. to it each night. You know, technology and screens, they are just a part of our world and they're a huge part of kids' worlds. And I think I remember knowing some friends in elementary school that might fall asleep to TV. But I think even more so now just with the portability and um, now I think so many kids. Kids don't care about having a TV in their room. They don't care about having a TV in their room. They have a little mini TV at their hands. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But turn those screens off. Park their electronics for the night. Have a basket that everybody has to put their their screens away for the night. I see too many kids and hear too many kids that have free access to phones and tablets at night. I know even um, teens are really struggling with sleeping yes. at night because they are constantly on edge and anticipating and have that fear of missing out mm-hmm. any group texts or social Snapchat. media. And, yeah, we could do a whole episode yeah, on that. And we will. And, and we will. <laughs> um, but even um, there's research about it now. Those blue wave lights, they have the same impact as sunlight and it actually triggers awake response in the brain. So it's good boundaries for your kids. It helps them have a healthier sleep. Park those electronics before you go to bed and help kids real help their brain realize that it's time to settle down. So you can be encouraging and confident and calm while firm during this soothing bedtime routine. And this can be a great time to have something like a story or bath time Mm -hmm. or cuddles, whatever fits for your family. And kids, our brains are really cool. If you create a pattern in your brain, your brain gets those cues and your body starts to know what to expect. So if you have that consistent bedtime routine, it's cueing your child's brain Mm -hmm. starting to settle into 
that sleep cycle. Also make sure that your child's not going to bed too early or too late. Just like when they're a baby, start to pay attention to their sleep signals. You know, their energy might be slowing down. They might get that sleepy look on their face. Make sure you schedule some time to do the bedtime routine a little bit before that time. Otherwise, I think most parents know they can get into that overtired, mm-hmm. over like wound up, yeah. <laughs> and it's much more difficult to handle. So kind of try to, as much as you can, establish that soothing bedtime routine. Absolutely. And I think one of my personal favorite uh, bedtime routines when I was a kid, I don't have children of my own yet, um, but I remember having like a favorite book that I would mm-hmm. read or that my parent would read to me. Um, I think one of my favorites was Goodnight Moon. You remember that Oh, book? that's such that's a, a classic, classic and loved yes. one. Yes. Um, but another favorite, you know, can be um, the bedtime yarn. So Frankie is a little bear um, who has a hard time falling asleep. And and the dark is scary to him and he hates to be alone. So his mother gives him a ball of yarn to hold when he goes to bed. And she keeps the other end in the next room, um, working it into a, like a little surprise for Frankie. So every few nights the yarn color changes and Frankie dreams in all the colors that he and his mother pick out. So one night he's swimming in turquoise water. Another night he's in a cool gray fog. He plays with a marmalade kitten and eats delicious chocolate cake. Eventually, Frankie and his mother create something special, and Frankie learns that he's always connected to the ones he loves, even when he's alone in the dark. So I really love that Mm -hmm. bedtime yarn story and, and what it symbolizes for a kid, and it really puts it into a a playful and tangible aspect for them. So I think that's really adorable. Yeah, we'll put a link to that book in our show notes. Absolutely. Another one, we started to talk a little bit about these during our anxiety podcast, Um, doing some breathing and relaxation exercise to help your child learn how to self-regulate. So progressive muscle relaxation is a way of doing a full body relaxation. The difference between muscles being really tight and engaged and slowly relaxing. And there's ones on YouTube specifically for kids. We can link some of those. And also if you go onto YouTube and you type into the search bar progressive muscle relaxation for kids that is something that you and your child could do together Mm -hmm. as a body regulate actual tool activity as a way of starting to get their their body to start to relax I love that and kind of teaching them about biofeedback and how you can you know breathe a certain way and that affects how your body feels Mm -hmm. and also mentally that can be a a really great strategy so as well as like a guided visualization or a story that uses their senses so um, you can find one you know online that fits your kids interests but there's one like even for Harry Potter I know Mm -hmm. kids are big into Harry Potter Um, there's also a way that they can sit still like a frog Um, there's mindfulness exercises for kids and their parents so um, Elaine Snell is that her last name I'm terrible with pronouncing last names sometimes so um, there's different ways to find mindfulness exercises that way yeah the sitting like a frog it's a CD that you can play for your child that helps them use visualization using all their senses and I haven't heard of that one I'll have to, to look into that 
another I, tool or thing to keep in mind about bedtime is not to use bedtime as a threat. Bedtime is should be a secure, loving time, not a punishment disconnect from you. And to try to keep the feeling around bedtime a good feeling. I know that sometimes it can be a natural response of, oh, you're going to go to bed early tonight, or if you keep that mm-hmm. up. Um, but for kids that are struggling with some bedtime sleep issues and sleep anxiety, really trying to keep that bedtime as that ritual and routine and soothing time with their very connected to you that attachment time to you exactly and I think if there is something that needs a consequence or some kind of discipline find another effective way to Mm -hmm. incorporate that especially if it is right before bedtime and I think it's easy to connect the two because you know let's say they're arguing with a sibling and it's like oh you're gonna go to bed early tonight (laughs) but that doesn't really match up and I, I like how you you know emphasize that not using that as a threat is important. Mm -hmm. And I think also, you know, not skipping the pillow talk. It's a special time um, for you and your kid to feel connected. So allow them to share and talk to you about whatever they want to, whatever was going on in their day. And, you know, set limits because it can quickly turn into an hour pillow talk, which Mm -hmm. is not what we want. Um, So when it's time to go, you know, it's time to go. So if they get 10 minutes of pillow talk and they can talk about whatever they want from their day, then that's awesome. And you can structure it ahead of time. You can say to them, I want to, you know, spend some special time with you, but it won't be for too long. And when I say it's time, then it's time. You can even set a really soothing timer sound or use... Uh, those uh, sand timers, you know, mm-hmm. that can be a great way to regulate their time so that they can see that the sand is falling and that it's almost time for pillow talk to be yeah. over. Yeah, that can, bedtime, I think that's one of the reasons that's when you are having difficulties with bedtime that it can be so difficult and just really affect the whole family because mm-hmm. this can be such a sweet time to connect with your child and then when it's turned into the complete opposite of this nightmare time of yelling and threatening and tears and yeah um, and especially if you have multiple kids that go to bed at staggered times or even if they all go to bed at the same time Mm -hmm. then I mean that sounds just like a mess yeah I love how you talked about structuring it letting that child know I really want to spend that special Mm -hmm. time with you and that's really important to me Um, but that there's a limit within that and during that time listen a lot more than you talk I'm always amazed as a parent what comes out during that Mm -hmm. pillow talk time that's a time when kids will really let you in and share and start to process a lot more than that when they first walk in the door how was school today (laughs) it was fine fine. yeah Um, bedtime can be that sweet time just listening allows your child to often solve problems or worries on their own and like we talked about sometimes you just want to feel heard about your your worries or whatever's on their mind during that day it can be like a self-soothing soothing soothing kind of activity and build their self-esteem their self-compassion so many benefits yeah so if bedtime has become a struggle and you're looking for tools to help that child reduce those worries to stay in their bed one other idea can be to pull out that good good old baby monitor um the old-fashioned kind that they've got all these super high-tech video ones (laughs) now you don't need one of those but even just those two-way monitors where you can hear each other back and forth 
um, can be a way to help a nervous child stay in bed while you get to be somewhere else in the home. Overuse can definitely be a concern mm-hmm. and Another reality. Kind of thing. Um, yeah. You may want to put some limits um, but usually that lessens after a few nights. The novelty wears off mm-hmm. of checking in with mom and dad. And they kids often get to the point where just having that monitor next to them and knowing that presence is there and that they can use it anytime they need to. And that can be comforting. Absolutely. I think also um, a transitional object. So if your child has a hard time separating from you at bedtime, um, sometimes it might help them to feel like that a part of you is with them. So a little bit connecting the yarn story, but um, maybe it's a special bracelet that you have or sweatshirt or um, I think I used to borrow my dad's like pillowcase sometimes mm-hmm. that he slept in the night before and then I would use it for my pillow the next night and that was really, you know, comforting for me. So yeah. definitely cater it to, to your family. Allie talked about the bedtime yarn story, which is such a sweet story and really helps kids that have difficulty separating from you at night. There's a couple other ones, and there is we could do a whole list and talk about numerous bedtime stories. Yeah. There's so many great ones out there. Um, we'll just touch on a few, but yeah. The Moon Inside by Sandra Feeder. A girl feels scared at night but discovers that there's many things to love about the nighttime, like the color of the moon. So it really helps kids change their perspective of nighttime and some some cognitive restructuring of rather than um, focusing on the, the fears and the worries and the bad things at night. It helps them kind of see the beauty of, of night. Another one, I know this was a classic, I think, even when we were younger. I remember Frances' stories. Do you remember Frances? I am honestly drawing a blank. <laughs> I mean, you've been more with, like, the kid bedtime stuff than I have because, obviously, you you have Emmy. But, um, yeah, I, I'm drawing a blank, honestly, with this one. But it, it sounds really cute. I like it. <laughs> There's a sweet story called Bedtime for Frances by Russell Hoban. And Frances tries to stall, you know, all the classic things that kids do. I need a glass of milk or I need one more kiss. Mm. Now I need one more kiss for Teddy. So it really helps kids learn and identify how to work through the bargaining and stalling. And kids feel so much better when they know they're not alone and they're not the only ones that are having difficulty with sleeping at night. They can see themselves and picture themselves in another character and especially a character who overcomes these fears and worries. I love that. Um, So another way that you can help your kid is by creating a dream book. Um, So you can even create a little flipbook photo album um, full of pictures and memories that is specific to your child. So it will feel very personal to them. You know, I love the bedtime stories and the books that are out there, but sometimes, you know, having something that's really personal and connected to them and something that they created can just feel so much more comforting to them. So when they have um, difficulty falling asleep or they wake up because of a bad dream, they can look at this book and remember the good memories that they had. Or um, for some of the kids that I work with, we create like a, a win book um, or a book of, of successes and things that they've overcome when they felt worried. So, um, or thing that, that they've completed even despite feeling worried. So they can even look at that book and just instantly have a boost and say, oh yeah, I remember that time that I had that scary dream and I was able to get a drink of water and just go right back to sleep. You know, whatever helps them feel accomplished and able to take on the night 
basically. That sounds like such a fun activity and something that they can continually add to. Yes. And you can intentionally talk about with them, you know, whether it's a family vacation or a special outing that you do together or just having all those good memories or even pictures of people that they love that Mm -hmm. they can if that bad dream wakes them up in the middle of the night they know that they have something that they can look at that helps soothe them absolutely and then they might be more likely to then dream about that good thing that they just looked at so technology, there's some really cool apps out there. We can't avoid um, it. <laughs> I just started exploring apps that help with mental health, and there's some great ones for kids out there. So we just wanted to touch on two of those today. One is called Mushy Twilight, and they are sweet, sweet sleep stories all about a very tired koala on a moonlit journey across the dreamy world of Mushi. And it really helps kids settle those tired, worried, anxious minds that are racing and looping. And I could never do justice to explaining (laughs) how calming that voice is. Um, I don't know how they they get their voice to sound that sweet and I might use it for myself. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was listening to it. It was very, very calming. Um, But each sleep story is a journey into different lands and there's different melodies and very tranquil narrations and magical themes. This could be something that you could cozy up together and snuggle together and listen to before bed or even turn on um, that your child has to help them after you leave the room. There's a few on there for free, um, and I think it's pretty reasonable. It's only about $3 a month if that's something that your family really enjoys and your child um, finds very helpful. There's also some calming music on there um, to really help them with all their senses and um, calming down that, that anxious feelings that they're having and there's even some I think some guided meditations I, as well that I kids love can that. do. Yeah, we were looking through um Lauren's iPad before we started the episode today and it just it looks so cool all the library possibilities that mm-hmm. that they could explore. Um, Lauren also found one for older kids called Slumber and this is also about $3 a month and you know this could be for the kind of tween population. Um, but you, there's one about, I think, a, a trip out to sea that you might have listened mm-hmm. to. I still need to dive into it and listen to it more. Um, or you could follow a curious cat as it explores the world around it. So it looked, the, the graphics looked so mm-hmm. real and so cool. It, it yeah. almost reminded me of like an watching an actual movie or a video game. I mean, you know, the technology and the graphics nowadays are just so crystal clear and high def, and it it was really cool. I think it would appeal to the older population. Yeah. Yeah. So we just want to encourage you as listeners or parents or fellow therapists working with families that are struggling with sleep bedtime issues. Um, this can be so difficult. You know, sleep is just one of those basic foundational needs that we have and this can really exasperate exasperate that's a really hard word to say exacerbate (laughs) yeah is that it (laughs) makes it worse basically (laughs) thank you Allie (laughs) I got your back (laughs) I really appreciate it (laughs) so just encouraging kids as the parents um trying you know when they're going higher and becoming more frantic and panicked and yelling and melting down trying to 
find your calm and help give them that boost of confidence and that they can do it and that there will this this won't be there forever it won't be your forever there is hope and there are strategies to get everyone back to sleeping absolutely and I think parents get really worried when there's a couple rough nights of sleep that's not going to impact your child's whole development or their brain or you know their sleep for the rest of their life it's gonna be okay you know just know that if there's some rough patches along the way that you know let's take a deep look into what may be going on and always consult with your kid's pediatrician too if if it seems Mm -hmm. like there might be some kind of medical issue or an illness going on that is impacting their sleep so um, always like like to plug the medical doctors as well for sure yeah so, so we've got some yeah. news about our next episode. As we shared with you guys last time, Allie and I are so excited um, because we are traveling up to New Hampshire for an anxiety conference. I'm so excited. We can't wait to I can't to contain go. it. <laughs> yeah. We'll um, post some pictures on the Facebook page. Definitely. And, um, we're bringing along another colleague of ours. Mm-hmm. Her name's Susie Lawyer. She's another therapist. And she's also a school counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a really cool episode idea that um, we'll incorporate her. We're not going to tell you too much we'll leave you hanging um but we're hoping that um she will want to participate as well yeah so there might be a slight delay and when we publish we release all of our new episodes once a week every wednesday Um, but we might have a little delay with traveling and getting our our next episode off the ground so stick with us we'll be coming back at you soon and we can't wait to share share more with you yep bye guys